Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another very special, because they're all special, episode of Thunderdome Metal Reviews, your epic cathedral for heavy metal. Uh, with you, as always, is myself, David, of Mary, Kentucky. Uh, also with us is Benjamin the Black Metal Lindsay. Ben, how's, how's stuff? How's it going? It is Disappearing Whiskey Night here in Milwaukee, so it's pretty good. Disappearing Whiskey Night, my favorite night. And then we have Tracy, the avian extintinator, a word I just made up. Newport, how's it going, man? Making chicken an extinct species. It's them or you. Are trying to. They would. They would extinct extinct you if they could. Oh, they would. And according to the Wingstop, you're doing a good job of it. You're doing. I mean, I had a rotisserie chicken tonight and thought about your plant and your soul slowly dying. Yes. So no, and you had. Was, I could see your signature on it. I mean, it was classic, <laughs> Tracy. Well, the no, head had been just removed. Was it the? Was it the lemon herb or was it the simple truth one? It was the garlic herb. It was, uh, you know, I think it was a simple truth one. Are you not? Then that came from our plant because we're the only plant that runs that. I figured I tasted that Mayfield. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) enough about chickens. Also, also with us is a special feature artist from outer space, Gabe Cooper. Gabe, what is happening in the cleave? Um, everything and nothing. And that's why I'm just waiting for the, you know, the terrified, uh, waiting for the German election results to roll in. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do um, know. I've been watching it too. If it makes you feel any better, Graz voted communist. Like the local election in Graz. That always Austria. makes me feel better. I I'm mean, like, shit, 1919. <laughs> no, they got like yeah. 29% of the vote. If you want to know what kind of crazy times it is, Cleveland's actually good in football this year. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's, bear, that's, that's end times talk good. right there. <laughs> that's end times. I have to, I apologize for leaving for a moment. I have to get a prop that I forgot. So you talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to grab it. It is not as cool as you think. Like, oh, he's going to come back wearing a cuttlefish of Cthulhu. No, it's, it's, not, it's nothing that amazing. <laughs> it's an Orunga suit he has in his school. I wish, man. <laughs> Sleazy P hair. Yeah. I'll run down the details while you're getting your prop. This Toilet Earth, released on March 29th of 1994, it is fourth studio album from Guar, released on Priority Records at first because they lost their distribution deal, but then later released on Metal Blade. Produced by Scott Wolf, has a runtime of 40 minutes and 59 seconds. The band is Dave Brocky, Odorus Urungus on lead vocals, Pete Lee, Vladimir Maximus on lead guitar and backing vocals. Mike Dirks, Ballsack, The Jaws of Death, Rhythm Guitar, Backing Vocals, and Spoken Words on Obliteration of Flat Warp 7, Michael Bishop, Beat Kick the Mighty, Bass and Backing Vocals, Brad Roberts, Chismak Dagusha on Drums, Danielle Stamp, Samastra Hyman on Backing Vocals, and Scott Crawl, Skullhead Face, Vocals on the Assidious Soliloquy of Skullhead Face. So, yeah. So, was he just... An actual artist that came in for a guest appearance, like, all right, we're gonna make you skullhead. That's what we're gonna do. No, I don't know. he he was he had played the world maggot on tour. It's not really showing up. Oh, yeah, with well, your background. Let me turn that off. You'll get to see every this. So this is literally skullhead race the movie on VHS. <laughs> so how's that? There we go. It's not showing video. Yeah, now your camera's not on now. Why is God like this? There it is. <laughs> so this yeah, is yeah. the. <laughs> I know this technology will baffle some of our viewers. Like, what is he holding? Um, 
I don't know. I know cassette tapes have come back. I don't think VHS is there, but this is. Uh, should I read you the description on the back? Yeah, do it. Do it. Greetings from Earth. Gwar, those lovable, bloodthirsty space marauders, come rock stars, are conducting a worldwide soul-sucking telethon from their pirate TV station in Antarctica. They feed their victims to the ever-swelling world maggot, uh, hoping to escape from Earth by riding it into outer space. The outrageous programs on Slave Pit TV have attracted the attention of Glomco, whose CEO is played by Jello Biafra, by the way. The world's largest corporate octopus, controlling every aspect of Earth's communication media except one. Guar! Glomco wants Slave Pit to sell out, and when Sleazy V. Bermutini and Guar visit Glomco's corporate headquarters, they stumble into an intergalactic conspiracy to take over the Earth and homogenize all humanity. Uh, this gem also features Sebastian Bach, who's in here. Uh... It is completely balls to the wall, fucking nuts. And I have seen it many, many times. This is probably the movie I've seen the most, probably because I because <laughs> I have it. No, I've not watched it in a long time, and I'm sure if I watch it now, you know, I think I remember it pretty much. <laughs> anyway, especially hearing all these songs, I'm like, okay, I remember that part. And that's Would one you... thing. This one, even more, I would argue, at, at least as much as the last one, is supposed to be the soundtrack for a stage show and a movie. I would say even more so. I think more so. I agree with you. I don't think it works quite as well without the movie. I have to concede that, but sorry. Somebody should talk that isn't well, a maniac like me. Though. I was going to ask two questions. Yeah, me, bro. One, yeah. are you going to share that experience with your daughter sometime? I would say much later. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say not, not, not currently and probably not for a while. But give her 10 more years. Given the content. Man, it's right. a safe it's a safe choice. Right. Like I I feel like <laughs> I will not I can easily imagine showing it to her too soon. I don't think I'll feel like I showed it to her too late. Right. Like exactly. Golf, you can always you can always back out. Yeah. Especially given the hidden track. Shit, dude. Yeah. All the, just all the things. Second question. I I actually have a VHS here at the house, so I might need to. Borrow I would that. watch it with you. I would drink <laughs> tin cup American whiskey, uh, or whatever it is, and watch Guar with you and no children at all, within a twenty mile radius, preferably. <laughs> Next time I'm down there, we may have to do that and like do a history historians at the movie or something and live tweet that shit. Oh my god, we absolutely should do that because that movie, uh, a lot, a lot. A lot occurs in that film. It's also it the movie they spent the most on. This is them at the peak of their financial power. We should actually talk about that a little bit, because that's where a lot yes. of the controversy surrounding this particular album comes from. Correct. So, uh, well, you want to start with that, or do you want to maybe give stats and then we can get into? I, it? I did that while you were getting the the VHS. So. Badass, love it, love that you did it. That's yeah. a, that is Benjamin efficiency at its best. Indeed. So, why don't you talk about the controversy a little bit? Um, there, well, which one? But I, I went, uh, well, there's more than one, but the, the primary one, and I can't remember what the parent label for Metal Blade is off the top of my head. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, they had gotten really popular, they'd been on Beavis and Butthead, and so the, there was an attempt by the mainstream, much like oh, in the whole, yeah, much like in the, the album, yes, <laughs> to uh, co opt them. So they were promised a massive distribution deal, which would be sure. Metal Blade Records. And um, they would be given a whole bunch of money to make the movie. For sure. 
and well, Guar being Guar, they guard it up and wrote just um, <laughs> what you would expect from them, uh, including yes. like the, the one track that I, I referenced earlier, which amazingly, well, well sort of amazingly, it, it has references to pedophilia, necrophilia. Oh yeah, dude. It's, it's one of the two times they've been censored. Yeah. Like they're like, oh. And this was the first time. So, Correct. Correct. Um, basically, they went to the, the main level. I'm going to say Electra. It might not be Electra. So whoever it was. Electra Lawyer, and it was not you. Don't sue me. Um, but anyway, whoever it was was like, hey, this is uh, a great album, but we have a problem with this track. If you don't remove it, then your distribution is gone. Yeah, for sure. And so the band discussed it. And, and not only was it gone through Electra, but also Metal Blade. And the band discussed it and were like, fuck it. This is who we are. We just, we fought cops about censorship. So we're not going to back down from a record label and decided to leave that track on the album. Electra kept its word, pulled everything. That's why I said it was first released on Priority Records, the later metal played, who backed them in the um, squabble with the parent label, eventually did release all the second printing. And I guess everything since then. What track is that? Um, BFD. It's not on Amazon. Let me see. I I, I don't think it's on Spotify either. It is not. So I'm sitting here like, what book is it? And it is not on. I have an actual copy of it, you know, that I've ripped, and it's not on that either. And I bought that around the time. I bet you I got one of the label, the first label pressings. I don't know. Well, I don't have it either. I think it was on Priority uh, Records release. Sure. On the, and my understanding is, and I don't remember because I had a physical copy of it at the time, but I, yeah. it was not listed on the CD jacket, but it was on the disc. It just wasn't labeled. Is my understanding of how Where it does goes. it come in at? I don't, yeah, where would that be? Um, I think it's the eighth track. It's either the eighth or ninth track. So it's between like between It's between, uh, it's between yeah, the it's, and it's, Fight. It's, you're right. This yeah, it's not on my physical copy. And as I said, I got that back at the time, roughly. It might have well, been a year it, later. It wouldn't have been listed, so but it might be there in the play, is what I'm saying. Uh, so it, it might have just made anyway. the city of soliloquy of Skullhead Face seem like super long. I looked it up and yeah. Anyway, yes, it is a track that got censored and not the last one. This happens no. to them again on We Kill Everything, where they open with I can't even believe I have to use this phrase, baby raper. And I understand that, I understand, of course, and in some ways was all for and still am, that the point of this is deliberately to offend Glomco and like blow it up. I get that. I, they're literally trying to see how far they can push it before they're told no, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like I said last time, the, they are free speech fundamentalists, meaning that they, they believe you can shape, say whatever you want to say and if it offends somebody, so what? You know, I, with exclusion, uh, well, I mean, even even though I don't necessarily know that they would have thought of it as the time, but as you guys correctly pointed out on the last episode, that the, the using, you know, uh, homosexual slurs, sure. you know, that which in the 90s, well, was not considered the same way it is now, not that that's an excuse, but I, I can't think of too many bridges that they wouldn't have crossed they cross all of them man and scum dogs is worse i listened to it yeah. again and to turn myself of why i didn't want us to review it and i stand by that jesus like there's slaughterama man mm-hmm. like that track which then i thought was kind of funny it was so over the top and atrocious where they 
murder a skinhead, a homosexual, and a hippie. I mean, it's what? But the framing of it, and I know it's supposed to be sleazy. Anyway, we're not reviewing that album. The point is, yeah, they will cross and burn any bridge. And do on here a bunch. Uh, uh, this album is also, I would argue, the most, just about the most random in terms of genre mixing. I, and all of them Ooh, do yeah. it some. You don't think so, Tracy? There's no, a lot. I don't think so either. I know. What about I don't think, yeah. Like, I, to put it in perspective, we're doing this tour Earth, Ragnarok, and Carnival. Yeah. And I was telling them before you got on, for me, prior to ever, it's, it's, you know, I'm the fresh face on this guar. Sure. Prior to hearing anything guar, what I thought of when I thought of guar, that sound doesn't come into until Ragnarok and Carnival Chaos because sure. those two are all over the fucking place. This one's much more cohesive, I believe, compared to them oh. two. Even with Soliloquy of Skullhead Face, like that that's, song that's, alone rotates through. That's one track through. out of 15 songs. The rest pepper, of it's... Pepperoni, and then there's like... I don't know, man. I, I see what you're saying, but... I think uh, they're... Yeah. I would say, uh, amongst a certain set of fans, anyway, this is considered the last of the three core albums. For sure. Um, and... I think that you know, they are really starting to step away from thrash here, but I don't think that it is as um, different from their earlier sound as Carnival of Chaos is. But I do, so I kind of come in between David and Tracy on that. My frame of reference is also Violence Has Arrived in War Party, because that early 2000s reboot is essentially almost straight metal. Mm-hmm. And those albums, you'll see, Tracy, I think you're going to be pretty surprised. They're very different than these. Uh-huh. Uh, they're heavier in a lot of ways, and they're still guar, but this is mind-blowingly all over the place compared to those albums. Or yeah. I would argue Ragnarok. I think Ragnarok is tighter than this album. Yeah, Basically, Ragnarok is a lot more mid-tempo but, yeah. than this is. I think there's a lot of variables here by which you could measure mm-hmm. like whether Genre. this record versus the other ones we heard this week hangs together well. I mean, like, sure. one, there's like, there's musical genre, right? And maybe uh maybe trace tracy is right maybe this does do it in that respect but there's also theme mm-hmm, right for sure. and without for me like not having seen any of the films mm-hmm. um that's a missing piece everywhere right so sure. it's always it always seems a little bit all over the place and kind of random um but then there's also like okay what about the flow you know what about mm-hmm. these songs how they flow together and I'm not sure if they ever really achieve it, and I don't think they ever try. And that's it's it's more of a narrative that maybe goes along sure. with the story rather than is an album that fits together well. You know what I mean? So, you know, for these records as and I I don't know like America Must Be Destroyed. I feel like hangs together in a certain mm-hmm. way, even if it doesn't like in by other people's definitions, um, in a way that these records just don't. But that's okay. I mean. It's like if you're looking for a record where like every song is a banger, like you're not gonna find that here, unfortunately. That's no, just not that's what it is. And that's not what their that's not what their deal is. So I mean, it's yeah. just a question of what your expectation is and like what category you're measuring by. You you bringing up the narrative and theme, it it kind of made a click in my head that these three albums we've done for this recording session remind me a lot as if I'm listening to a musical soundtrack. They are. Yeah, and, and I don't have that favorite reference. It's like listening to the Rent soundtrack without seeing the movie. And so, yeah. so we do need to have a party, drink some whiskey, and watch this movie together. 
Well, there's another element to that, though, and Gabe kind of touched on it with America Must Be Destroyed. That story, even though that is also the soundtrack to a movie, is much simpler and less complex than what the story is told on here. Agreed. So uh, it's easier to see uh, the story through the music than it is here. Yeah, this one works less well without the... Because I have seen the movie, and I've seen it a lot, and that makes it cohere fantastically. To me, this the closest analogy to me is almost Rocky Horror. Yeah. Like, in terms no, of, you heard that, and it, it never say it, you'd be like, wait, what? I mean, right up to and including Riff Raff, right? Yeah. In terms of uh, who Skullhead is. I mean, I think that's on purpose, because they're essentially theater kid geeks, freaks. Um. But it's a problem, you know, does it work without that? I don't know. I have to, I guess I have to ask all of you because I'm the only one who's seen it. Um, I've seen it, but it's been a long time. I haven't seen it as much as you have. Yeah, I've seen it a lot. And I've listened to this album a lot. This is the one I've listened to probably the second most. Um, I came in on America Must Be Destroyed, but I really, uh, you know, I rode the wave along with like Beavis and Butthead and, you know, my best friends, older friends were into Guar because they are terrible people and were older than us. Like they were in high school, we were in middle school or whatever. So with hindsight, I was probably exposed to this way too early, but you know, here it is. Uh, I think sonically it coheres pretty well. I think the tone they achieve, um, it's not, because there's some of these, I don't know, I guess we'll talk about it when we talk about Carnival of Chaos. It's uh I think that I, I I think that one probably goes even further than this one, but this certainly is more all over the place than America Must Be Destroyed or the heavy stuff after the reboot in two thousand four. To me, and in some ways, even more so than America Must Be Destroyed, this one sounds dated, um, and a lot of that just has to do with satirical music because it is such a moment of its time and what it's talking about. I think that there are places here and songs here that are still just as good as they were then. There's one that I think is even more apropos, actually, or just as, if not more, um, as it was in 1994. But a lot of it is such a, a moment in time. And it's kind of like what we were talking about. It's, it's transgressive on purpose, but because of the evolution of time, it's even more transgressive than it was then. For different reasons, it's very interesting. Yeah, right, yeah. different people would be offended now. Right, and in a way that the they didn't people. mean. <laughs> yes, yeah. I know it's very interesting, uh, and uh, you know the band evolved some, and that's one of the things I like that we're going through all of these because the later ones are still quite transgressive, but in different ways than these. Yeah, they're very much a product of the early '90s, I would say. I think they're part of that same Rob Zombie, Al Jorgensen filled nightmare universe of the immediate post Cold War that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, this album cover, man. <laughs> and the whole story about media concentration, the whole plot line, and again, I know no one's seen it, it's, but it's it's about media concentration. Yeah, which was a very big thing in 94. So that after, was, you know, uh, what is it, the Free and Clear Act or yeah. something like that? I don't remember. Um, anyway, I've been blathering on for a while now. Let somebody else talk. Tracy doesn't even know what to say. What can one even say? The face you're making is well, the Mike, right even, one. But I do want to say, though, it's not a bad album overall, even without that, but you do get the it's sense not. that a piece is missing from the art Agreed. as a whole without seeing that movie. I agree. Yeah, I would say that it's not bad, but as an album itself, it's also not... It, 
how well it stands alone is something that we will debate at the end of this when we go to grade. Indeed, when we grade it. Which I really yeah. struggled with, actually. I'm I not going like to lie. When I, um, when I l- listened to these records, the songs that I really liked, like they stood out for me enough that uh, maybe the songs that I didn't like so much didn't drag the album down. <laughs> I mean, it's like I was able to like put up with it somehow. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but like, you know, there were there were points in, in all these records where I felt kind of offended. But like, that's you know, it's part of the game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess it's uh, you know. Are you really listening to Gawar if you're not offended by it? That's that's a good point, Tracy. Um, yeah, I don't think you are. <laughs> I don't think you are either. I think some of these. I just there's even some I don't think I knew the words that well, right? He doesn't always enunciate like penis that I see. I've listened to that song thousands of times, and this time I was like, "Huh!" Like I looked <laughs> the lyrics up and followed along. I'm like, "That's not really what I thought he was saying," and now it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a couple of like of uh, that I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with these guys?" And listen to it, then look at the lyrics, and I'm like, "Oh." That's not as bad as I thought it was, but it's still pretty fucking bad. Still pretty bad. Well, and, and, and to me, this album and, and a couple of the others, are, are there are moments on the other two that we're going to be talking about in this recording session that really remind me of punk and their sensibilities For in that sure. way. Because yeah. I mean, think about Last Caress. I mean, if you yeah. never paid yeah. attention to the word, the lyrics of Last Caress. Mm-hmm. You know? I got um, a lot of punk off this off these this run oh, God, yes. a lot as well like probably more so than i did off america must be destroyed i agree with that yeah i'd say the earlier stuff was much more thrash and here they're ex- they've expanded their sonic palette into other stuff. and part of that slight lineup change is the grow is always a revolving door the odorous is forever mm-hmm. um yeah there's definitely a lot of punk in here i think you know also i always have to remind myself their entire shtick is already an act even beyond what a normal celebrity is insofar as they're playing murderous alien space barbarians who are supposed to be essentially the embodiment of war and are like themselves mercenaries and i think it becomes very clear on the closing track of this what's going on there yeah the uh what i'm going to call the milai track uh that's on here so and i am not apologizing for or explaining away some of the things they say but i understand it's both deliberately transgressive and they are playing a role that absolutely is supposed to be offensive and holding a mirror up to um, the United States in 1993. Well, I mean, mean, why, uh, why play an alien if you can't, you know, just complete, be completely outrageous and like, you know, serve that, that function of like, you know, flipping the mirror on, on your, you know, the society that you actually belong to. For sure. Yeah. That's the entire point. Exactly. So. Shall we move into tracks or. I think so because. It sounds like we're we're all kind of talking in that direction, and yeah, I I would say yes. Let's do that. Oh man, <laughs> yep. I'd forgotten about a couple of these because I, you know, I still listen to parts of this album, but it's parts of this album. Like I have a playlist that has. Uh, it probably won't surprise you which ones are on there and which ones aren't. But uh, uh, I think Tracy should go first. She's the only she's the only one that's objective. So. For me, I kind of had a hard problem picking like standout, standout, standout tracks on this album compared to America Must Be Destroyed. Like this is much more, there's much more variation in, I think you can say quality of track on this album compared to 
the other three that we listened to, the two we haven't got to in America must be destroyed. But I think Sodom Gogo is a good starter. PSSC is okay. Uh, pepperoni. Uh, the issue of tissue. Um, slap you around. I kind of like that old time, like classic rock and I sound for it. And Filthy Flow. Should I go next? Or which one do you want to go? I agree with Tracy. I think Sadama Gogo is a great opening track. Uh, and um, he's also right, I think, in that there's a lot of filler on here, at least if you're just listening to the album, if you're watching the, the movie that is associated with that's different. But a lot of the middle of this, well, I say that. What is actually the middle track, the insidious soliloquy of Skull Headface, I really actually like quite a bit. I really enjoyed that. Um, slap you around. I agree with Tracy. Although, if you pay a lot of attention to the lyrics, not the best song in the world, <laughs> but definitely not. But it is a catchy tune. I, I will agree it with is. him on that. And then I adore the obliteration of Flap for sure. Devin. That is to me the best track on here, and it might be one of their best tracks. Period. Um, just as David was talking about with his um, a a very straightforward war crime song. Straight so, up. Yeah. And yep. uh, something wrong, that just wrong village in Afghanistan. History. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. So, mm-hmm, exactly. J- JK, we were supposed to hit that other one. Yep. Oops. Oops. Yeah, I I like this album a lot, and I do visualize the movie when I see it. Sadama Gogo is an amazing opener. I almost wish they did more with horns, honestly. Um, not to turn them into a ska band. Penis, I see, is a fantastic song that is sh- fucking horrible in terms of its content. Uh, Eat Steel is fun. Jack the World. I really like that whole run of one through eight. Sonder Commando is amazing, in my opinion, and devastating and awful, given what it's about. The prisoners who were forced to operate the crematoria and the gas chambers. Um, Bad Men Men, I like. Pepperoni's Man. I love Skullhead Face song. It, oh, my God. Uh, but then it falls off, kind of. I have to concede. Like, Fight, Fight's all right, but like pocket pool, no, not that great. Slap you around, I can't. I just cannot. It's for me a bridge too far, and I understand what they're doing, and I know it's parody, but I cannot with that shit in terms of just the, uh, especially sexual abuse, physical abuse. Crackdown, meh, filthy flow, meh. But the the closer is so fucking amazing. So the whole first of the album I, lo- I like a lot, and then Obliteration of Flop Farve 7 is one of their best closers, I think. And as you say, Ben, a one of the most just kind of sea chanty meets war crime that I think exactly for that reason gets across the casual brutality of, I mean, just about every war in the 20th century, but cer- certainly some of the ones we have as a society implemented which is what they're talking about. So. Okay, well, I'm definitely jumping on this Sotomagogo bandwagon because it's groovy as shit. And uh, Penis I See, whatever the lyrical content, I don't even care. It's a good song. <laughs> um, uh, I actually had, uh, I had uh, strong feelings about Jack the World. I think it's really catchy. Um, equally strong negative feelings for Zona Commando. I don't think it's interesting musically. And I just object to that kind of stuff because they didn't tie it enough to their fictional world. I mean, I think if they did a better job doing that, I would enjoy it, but um, it just seems like cheap appropriation of other people's suffering. Um, But there you go. 
<laughs> I'm offended I'm listening to Guar. Um, uh, I also like the soliloquy. I think it's great. The middle does uh, drag a good bit. Um, I can enjoy Slap You Around just for the melody. Um, even though it's really terrible lyrical content. Uh, filthy Flow, I really like. And, and the closer is just brutally good. It's amazing. I would, as somebody who, like you, Gabe, thinks about this a lot, probably be more offended by Zonder Commando, again, without the context of, one, there were comic books that were about the Eastern Front. There's like a whole other thing they were doing that also ties into Ragnarok. But yeah, it's problematic, of course. It's not endorsing. I will say that. No, I mean, I, mean, I, are... I think I think the I mean the issue is that like, and this this also comes up on other records too. Yes. It's like you can be a history buff and you can be a World War II sort of history aficionado, um, but you have to be careful about fanboying sure. Hitler. Like there's just <laughs> there's just certain sure. lines, you know what I mean, um, and yeah. I I what what I had read about Sonder Commando was that it's basically putting um, Guar in the role of the oppressor, saying that they're going to make For their sure. prisoners do do the same work, which I mean like that's self-aggrandizing, uh, and that's supposed to be funny, but it's also just like deeply disturbing because they don't okay. they don't really draw that connection for you in the lyrics. Yeah, there's a lot of work they don't do here. But, you know, it's Guar and you get what you get. Yeah, I'm not going to... No, there's no way I'm not going to argue that a lot of this is problematic, but it, it is the product that is an, on offer, and I guess we will grade it accordingly. Yep, speaking of... Time to grade this thing. And oh. I guess... Uh, oh, Trace, sounds like Tracy wants to go first. Yeah, I'll go first on this one. I'm going to give it a low A minus a 90, like I said. Oh, I think okay. It's, I think it's a good album overall, but I do feel like there's a chunk missing, and it probably may grade it higher after I hear it. It was probably my favorite of the three we did tonight. Um, wow, okay. Tracy coming strong out the gate with the heat. I'm going to give this a C. I think that <laughs> oh, there's wow. so much. I just think that it does not it didn't age overly well the tracks i like that are i like are really amazing the rest of the tracks are kind of just filler and i think without the stage show to go with it it just doesn't to me didn't hold up as well i guess i'll go next um so i kind of wish i'd rated america must be destroyed higher <laughs> it's too late for that um because i don't like this as much as i like that and while I do think there's a lot of filler on it, I'm not going to give it a C. I'm going to give it like probably the lowest possible B that I can give it, which would probably be an 82. Um, no, no. You can give it an A at 79.5. What? No. That, that's, <laughs> that's, that's nonsense. That's, you that rounded still... up to an 80, which is a B minus. No, but see, I, wanna, I still want to give it a B. Like I don't oh, want to okay. give it a B minus. Because I, I still think it's, so like I was saying um, when we were just talking generally about the albums, I feel like the the uh, the quality of the songs I actually dig is just really high such Great. that the other, <laughs> the stuff that I like less or can't deal with um, matters less. I don't know. I'm on the game train in that respect in that, yeah, I admit there's some filler on here. There's this random shit and a couple songs I'm not a fan of, but the songs that are good are so good. 
and I am by far the most afflicted by Skullhead Face nostalgia as the person who, like, I saw this tour, I don't know, two or three times. I watched that insane, that just ridiculous movie. But, you know, it is, there is some filler. Anyway, I put it, I, I think I gave America Must Be Destroyed an A minus. So I'm going to come in a hair higher at a 93. I can't go all the way, like, into the higher A's because it does have some problems. There's just some tracks on here that are. You know, done. As Ben says, like either don't hold well, oh, hold up well, or in terms of the offensive, transgressive, cool, you know, the two curves, it's just too far. And so, anyway, I give it a ninety-three. It's my second. It's it's even though I may grade it lower than some other albums, it's still probably my second favorite core album. But I admit it has problems morally and. And otherwise. <laughs> so, Tracy, speaking of morals, which are we're totally absent here, what are we doing next? We are returning to our plow through Slipknot Siskoffrey as we look at their third release, Volume 3, Subliminal Verses. Sweet. An album that was considered one of the top albums of the decade. Yep, I, I agree with that. Which speaks volumes <laughs> about the 2000s. Uh, 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 yeah, perhaps so. Oh, if we'll, we'll hash it out on the next episode of Thunderdome Metal Reviews. Dun, 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 dun. 